0: Start your free trial by going to luminary.link slash note to self or download the Luminary app for free. Listener supported WNYC studios.
1: From WNYC studios, I'm Anoush Samarodi and this is note to self. I probably spend more time looking at tips for cleaning my house than actually cleaning my house.
0: Is this product serving me or hurting me?
1: The tech show about being human. I got a little goodie in my email box the other day. Note to self buddy Kevin Holish, he's a software developer in Pittsburgh, wanted to let me know that he has a new app. Okay, now I get a lot of these emails, but Kevin is special. You may remember him. He made Moment, the app we used during the Bored and Brilliant project earlier this year to track how much time we spend on our phones. Anyway, Kevin's new app is a little different. It stops you from driving and texting. But Kevin also added a bonus feature that he knew I would be very interested in. It helps you or stops you from another potentially dangerous definitely annoying tech habit walking and texting let's just call it wexting okay here's me reading the directions right after installing a beta version of the app on my phone city folk stop yourself from walking and texting too. focus on the sidewalk exclamation mark i decided to give it a try walking around the office i'm walking down the hallway i'm checking my email Kevin, nothing's happening. Walk- I emailed Kevin back to tell him that I got a lemon. But then, later that night, I got off the subway. And as I was walking down the sidewalk... Oh my God. I uh, was... <laughs> walking down the street. I texted my husband, and um, it started to be Kevin's voice in my earbud saying, put your phone down.
0: Put your phone down.
1: Seriously, pay attention. Seriously, pay attention. Seriously, you're still on your phone? Uh, You know you do it, too. Walking down the street or just the hallway. Researchers say wexting makes us change our posture. And yes, it can put us at risk of accident, injury or death. But enough fear mongering. Mostly texting and walking just puts us at risk of annoying the crap out of other people and other stupid people annoying the crap out of us. Which is why today we have a real live advice columnist, Slate's new Dear Prudence, Mallory Orpberg, to answer your questions about yeah, texting, but also other silly but still important digital quandaries facing us, and she's got some wise and funny answers. Enjoy. Hi, Mallory. I'm so, I'm so happy you and I understand your well-behaved dog are joining us from Oakland.
0: Yes, he is just sitting right next to me. What's his name? His name is Murphy. He's a new acquisition.
1: Oh, hi, Murphy. Mallory, you are editor and co-founder of the website The Toast. You are author of the best-selling texts from Jane Eyre and the new Dear Prudence at Slate. All right, so we'll just get started. So emailing and all of the angst and downright passive-aggressive behavior Mm. around it, this is listener... Dulcie Arnold in Cortland Manor, New York.
0: I've noticed lately that people aren't answering emails, even ones with direct questions. I mean, what's going on? You say people are on their devices all the time. Well, if they are, then why can't they answer an email? If screens are changing the way that we write and think, are they changing our manners as well?
1: (laughs) (laughs) I mean, like, Dulcie makes a really good point there. Like, ooh. If you're on your freaking phone, respond. What do you tell Dulcie, Mallory?
0: It's a great question, especially because I have found that different people have really different ideas of how long it is appropriate to let an email go unanswered. Mm. So there are some folks who feel like it's okay to check in on the same day and other folks who feel like that is a total violation of the social contract and should be met with stonewalling. Mm-hmm. Um hopefully these people are eventually getting back to her. I'm really sorry if if she's just being met with silence all around.
1: I mean, isn't silence its own <laughs> message really?
0: I mean, I don't want to assume that this caller is doing something really egregious that merits silence. So let's go ahead and assume good faith here okay. and say that she's sending reasonable emails to reasonable people and they're just dropping the ball. And I would say if someone hasn't responded to an email within two days, it's acceptable to send a follow-up email. Mm -hmm. And if they don't respond to that, you got to escalate. You got to call them, which isn't fun. But, you know, Mm -hmm. if they're not offering you anything, you have to work a little harder to squeeze an answer out of them.
1: As a successful journalist and businesswoman, how do you get people to respond to your emails? Do you have like tricks for the subject line or?
0: Boy, I really would not use the word journalist to okay. Describe myself, well, we but that I that appreciate either. it. Yeah, sure. I appreciate it. You know, one of the things that I have noticed is that in my own career, I have gone from being the kind of person who is usually waiting to hear back to the kind of person who can wait to respond. Mm-hmm. And, and it's been really position. interesting. A little bit because I, you know, I co own the business. So I don't have like a boss, I don't have someone that I report to. Generally, if someone's asking me to freelance for them, it's that they reached out to me, which is not to say that I'm, you know, sitting in a dungeon surrounded by jewels granting favors, just that (laughs) I've kind of seen the shift from the person who has very little of the power in terms of dictating how we run the conversation to someone who has some of the power. And I, I remember really well what it feels like to be on the end of, I really just need an answer to this question. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and so now it's something that I try to be really mindful of, especially because, again, it, it's, you know, I'm not the president. I still have to respond to people. And I'm going to have times in my life where I'm asking for favors.
1: I mean, Dulcie, I have a little word of advice. If she's literally just needs a yes or a no, I kind of like to mm-hmm. put that in the subject line. Just need a yes yeah. or a no. Take the pressure off the person. Let them know a one word <laughs> response will be just fine. And it's Yeah, the, maybe they're
0: paralyzed by the thought of having to write a paragraph.
1: Well, you know, honestly, and I hate to admit this, but the people that I email back, like the worst that I'm about it, are like mm-hmm. the people I love the most. Or it's, you know, occasionally it's like a student I run into and they're like, tell me how to have a good life, basically <laughs> is their question. You know <laughs> what I mean? And it's like, yeah, something where, you know,
0: I have to really turn my full attention to this. Um, and I don't want to give them like a half-hearted version, but then in your eagerness to not just toss off a quick answer, you sometimes let it slide till they feel like they're not going to hear back.
1: And then you're like, oops, forgot about that one. It's all the way at the bottom of the page, gone, out of sight. Yeah,
0: I think that that's a really helpful suggestion if if you're having trouble hearing back from people and you just need really clear-cut answers. Make it really clear in the subject line and maybe say at the beginning, hey, I know there's a lot of text to wade through here, but the only thing that I need from you is an answer to this specific question. The rest is just for context. Can you let me know? And then, yeah, you can certainly, it's fair to say, can you let me know by the end of day to day? People may or may not abide by it, but at least you know on your end, you have given them a clear task to complete and a clear time to complete it by.
1: Yep. I like that. Okay. Very good. Now, this one. We make a great team. We do, right? We're totally solving everybody's problems here. Yeah. So I want to move on to something I think that's a little bit harder, um, and that's FOMO, fear of missing out. Um, a lot of people have written us telling us they face this. 23-year-old Kinnan in Australia wrote us saying, I'm constantly using Facebook, Instagram, Snapchat, etc., and I do enjoy using them, so I don't want to flat out stop. However, I do often get bad cases of FOMO. I am constantly feeling left out. Even if I wouldn't even want to go if I was invited, I never feel content with what I'm doing myself, even though I know most of these posts are taken to make it look like a really good time, even when it's not, I still fall for it. Kennon, first of all, props for recognizing that you have a problem, like naming it, I think is getting us a little bit closer to the solution. But w- what's your advice for Kennon in terms of dealing with FOMO?
0: Oh, man. I mean, first of all, I just feel like giving them a hug. That is like the human condition. Um, So I get it. And I think that, you know, there are ways in which Instagram and Snapchat and and what have you can enable us to see a lot more of what's going on in other people's lives. Um, But this is also something that's, you know, just a big part of being 23 years old. And, you know, not having everything figured out and having just kind of this vague, amorphous sense of, I don't know what it is that I want to do. But I feel like I'm not doing the right things and I I have a sense that if I were doing the right things, my life would be this kind of constant series of invitations and and events and fascinating new people and I'd be sort of dazzling everyone at parties and Mm -hmm. I would never drink too much. I would always drink just the right amount (laughs) that made me seem clever and delightful and enable me to leave and have everyone say, who was that? She's amazing. yeah. And as as someone who had slightly fewer social media outlets during that time in my own life, you know, many, many years ago, five, five, six years ago, I, I know that it's definitely not just a function of, of checking other people's lives on social media. And you already sound like you have part of the answer to your question, which is that you're aware that this is manufactured on other people's parts, that a quick picture of an event does not accurately um, depict what was going on inside of people at the time. I don't know. I, I feel like I would need to know a little more. It doesn't sound like they were saying my own life's really bad. Right. I spend all my time online yeah. so much as just when I look at this stuff, it it brings out some envy in me, which I think is normal. I think that's what we all do to an extent.
1: Totally. Like, Kenan, I totally get that. Even if your life is just fine, we are constantly seeing people who seem to be having it even just a little bit tiny Mm -hmm. bit better it's just a little bit sexier it's a little bit thinner it's a little bit more glittery it's a little bit smarter and so you want it but you know what i've started to do and maybe this is why the show is called note to self but i've started to (laughs) try to take a moment when i'm actually go to these events because i'm worried i'm gonna have fomo and say to myself like you know what stop for just a sec look around is this as great as you thought it was gonna be no it's fine it's fine, but just remember this feeling that actually you'd rather be home watching Homeland with your husband on the couch the next time you feel compelled to RSVP to something or say yes.
0: And I think it can be helpful in terms of maybe there are some things you genuinely feel like you would like to change about your life, and maybe it could be a little helpful to stop and say, do I say no to a lot of invitations that I would actually like to say yes to, or have I been hesitant to ask for things? You know, it could be helpful to think, you know, do I want to travel a bit more? Do I want to, you know, spend more time nurturing the friendships that I do have? This can be a really helpful moment to kind of stop and reflect. But you may find, no, I'm actually really pleased with my life. It's just one of the things that's hard about, you know, these modern times. So that's just, you know, something to keep in mind. One of the things that's hard about having one life and being mortal is that a lot of us feel like I'd like to have 15 lives and just go through all of them and see what it feels like. And You know, that can be a really melancholy feeling, but it can also inspire you to um, feel deep feelings and experience great passions and want to try new things. And that's also the good. So I wouldn't say that necessarily a feeling of longing is something you have to fix all the
1: time. I love that. That's lovely. That's really lovely. So I'm going to let a listener in another part of the world introduce this one. Okay.
0: Hi, I'm Liel Biran. I'm from Israel, a town called Saba, where I constantly ride my bicycle to get places. And what I'd like to ask about is a phenomenon that I call cell phone zombies. It's the people that I have to be on the alert to avoid hitting because they're walking the streets with their hands outstretched, looking intently into their cell phones, completely oblivious of their surroundings.
1: Okay, so cell phone zombies... Leo wasn't our only listener with this specific complaint. In fact, uh, Sally Serby was another one. She's an English woman in New York. She also wrote us. It's a very serious matter because she thinks New Yorkers are actually losing their edge. And she blames walking and texting, too. Just to quote her, we're turning into zombies walking around because we're so glued to our screens. So, Mallory, is this how the zombie revolution starts? I mean, I think we need to begin there.
0: Well, I'm glad to hear that nobody is even using the slightest amount of hyperbole um, and that we're really keeping things in perspective with this yeah. zombie revolution. Um, but no, you're not wrong. I mean, there's a reason people love being addicted to smartphones, and it's because they're way more compelling than looking at the buildings you're walking past. And I'm afraid that until we make smartphones less delightful – there's not much you can do otherwise than be extra prepared for them unless you have something that you want to offer them in exchange for putting down their phones.
1: Yeah. And I mean, I don't know what it's like in Oakland, but here I am genuinely curious, you know, what do you think we should do when faced with a Wexter? Um, And what is proper Wexticate? (laughs) A
0: Wexter. Mm -hmm. That is the worst portmanteau (laughs) I've ever heard. And I love you for saying it. Uh, I, you know, I'm firmly of the belief that if there's a trend that really upsets you, You're going to have to find a way to live with it because it's really hard for a single person to stop a trend. And I would go so far as to say possibly impossible. So if it's something that really upsets you, you know, you can be the guy who runs around yelling at people who are texting while they walk. You can put up a bunch of signs. You can write an impassioned blog post. Probably that behavior is not going to change. And as Marcus Aurelius once said, yeah, I'm bringing him in. Yeah, do it. Uh, You know, if you are wounded by impudence, ask yourself, can the world exist without impudent people? Answer, it cannot. So resign yourself to impudence, which I always kind of appreciate. Yeah. Um, even though this doesn't fall directly into the category of impudence so much as just, oh, this really drives me crazy. But and, it's probably
1: going to keep happening. You know, I noticed and with true genuine joy this morning that there were more pedestrians than usual, sort of, um, they had pulled over, onto the side of the sidewalk, you know, sort of standing mm-hmm. underneath awnings and were looking out on their phones. It was almost like they like, oh, got a call, put on their pedestrian blinker and like pulled themselves over. Sort of over. like cars that pull over to the side of the road to take a call. Yeah. And I think I think this is a new trend that I'm starting to see. I try to do that myself. But, you know, the lore of the cell phone is um, so the sirens call. So sometimes it is quite difficult. Right.
0: No, and it's so funny when we're not the ones on our phone, it's easy to be very, how could this person turn themselves off to the rich tapestry of life going on (laughs) around them, this monster? And then the second we're doing it, it's, hey, I was just
1: looking at my phone for a second, me some slack. And also, this Um, is really important because I need to buy napkins for my third grader's Thanksgiving party that they're having next week, so... I mean, napkins are part of, uh, you know, they're a necessity of life, right. uh, but it is,
0: it is difficult and I'm sure it must be frustrating if you're on a bike seeing a lot of people who are slower moving and more vulnerable than you who are now not even paying attention to what's going on around them and feeling like you have an additional responsibility not to get anywhere near them. I guess, I guess you could try to get a bell, but everyone's just going to think that's part of whatever game they're playing.
1: Yeah, because really, we should be playing the game of life, right? We only get one round. Mallory, we do know that one guy who thinks he can solve the Wexting problem... Kevin, our strong-willed app developer from the beginning of the show, his new app is called Focus. You can check it out now. And listeners, if you've got ideas for stemming, wexting, or other tech manners and etiquette dilemmas, tell us. Go to notetoselfradio.org or write us an email, or better yet, record a voice memo and send it to self at wnyc.org. Thank you so much to all the listeners who, uh, who wrote in with their questions and if you love Mallory Ortberg as much as I do, go to Slate.com and look for her Dear Prudence column. Now, darling podcast listener, before you go, if you haven't noticed already, take a look down at your Note to Self feed wherever you listen to podcasts. You'll find a little treat. It's a little video called The Extreme Wexting Challenge. It's me taking on my colleague, Sean Warren at various ridiculous tasks While texting, it is the ultimate in multitasking. There is also some wexting. There are also cameos of famous people making appearances. So check it out after you listen to this episode. Our lovely team is Jen Poyant, Joe Plourd, and Ariana Tobin. Many thanks to our intern, Miranda Katz, for her help. Note to Self is a production of WNYC Studios. I'm Anush Samarodi, and thanks for listening. Extreme Wexting Challenge, Challenge, Challenge. Yeah, so stupid. Everybody's laughing at me. Okay, so... <laughs>